Chapter Five of Fundamentals of Prosperity by Roger Babson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Our Real Resources. We have gone daffy over things like steam, electricity, water power, buildings, railroads, and ships, and we have forgotten the human soul upon which all of these things depend, and from which. All of these things originate. Two captains of industry were standing one day on the bridge at Niagara, looking at the great falls. One man turned to the other and said, Behold, the greatest source of undeveloped power in America. No, the greatest source of undeveloped power in America is the soul of man, the other replied. I was talking with a large manufacturer the other day, and he told me that he was supporting scholarships in four universities to enable young men to study the raw materials which he is using in his plant. I asked him if he was supporting any scholarships to study the human element in his plant, and he said no. Yet, when asked for definite figures, it appeared that eighty percent of every dollar which he spends goes for labor. And only twenty percent goes for materials. He is endowing four scholarships to study the twenty percent, and is not doing a thing to study the eighty percent. Statistics show that the greatest undeveloped resources in America are not our mines or our forests or our streams, but rather the human souls of the men and women who work for us. This is most significant when one resorts to statistics and learns that everything that we have, every improvement, every railroad, every ship, every building costing in excess of five thousand dollars, every manufacturing concern employing over twenty men, yes, every newspaper and book worthwhile, has originated and been developed in the minds of less than two percent of the people. The solution of our industrial problems and the reduction of the cost of living depend not on fighting over what is already produced, but upon producing more. This means that this two percent must be increased to four percent, and then to six percent. If all the good things which we now have come from the enterprise of only two percent, it is evident that we would all have three times as much. If the two percent were increased to six percent, Jesus was absolutely right in his contention that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these other things would naturally come to us. This is what Jesus had in mind when he urged people to give and serve, promising that such giving and serving should be returned to them a hundredfold or more. Jesus never preached unselfishness or talked sacrifice as such, but only urged his hearers to look through to the end, see what the final result would be, and do what would be best for them in the long run. Jesus urged his followers to consider the spiritual things rather than the material, and the eternal things rather than the temporal, but not in the spirit of sacrifice. The only sacrifice which Jesus asked of his people. Was the same sacrifice which the farmer makes when he throws his seed into the soil. The story of the loaves and fishes is still taught as a miracle, 
but the day will come when it will not be considered such. The same is true regarding the incident when Jesus found that his disciples had been fishing all night without results, and he suggested that they cast the net on the other side. They followed his advice, and the net immediately filled with so many fishes that they could hardly pull it up. If we today would give more thought to the spiritual and less to the material, we would have more in health, happiness, and prosperity. The businessman today would be far better off if, like the fishermen of Galilee, we would take Jesus' advice and cast our net on the other side. We are told that with sufficient faith we could remove mountains. Have mountains ever been removed or tunneled without faith? The bridging of rivers, the building of railroads, the launching of steamships, and the creation of all industries are dependent on the faith of somebody. Too much credit is given both to capital and labor in the current discussions of today. The real credit for most of the things which we have is due to some human soul which supplied the faith that was the mainspring of every enterprise. Furthermore, in most instances, this human soul owes this germ of faith to some little country church with a white steeple and old-fashioned furnishings. The reason I say old-fashioned church is because our fathers were more willing to rely upon the power of faith than many of us today. What they lacked in many other ways was more than compensated by their faith in God. They got, through faith, that something which men today are trying to get through every other means. All the educators, all the psychologists, all the inspirational writers cannot put into a man the vision and the will to do things which are gained by a clear faith. Most of us today are frantically trying to invent a machine which will solve our problems, when all the while we have the machine within us, if only we will set it going. That machine is the human soul. The great problem today is to develop the human soul, to develop this wonderful machine which each one of us has between his ears. Only as this is developed can we solve our other problems. When we give as much thought to the solution of the human problem as we give to the solution of the steam problem or the electrical problem, we will have no labor problem. We have gone daffy over things like steam, electricity, water power, buildings, railroads, and ships, and we have forgotten the human soul upon which all these things depend, and from which all of these things originate. End of chapter 5